pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts as we join you here on this Tuesday on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. So glad you're along. Sunny, a little better weather, huh? you got to like it. I think it's going to warm up to 53 today, which isn't bad. And I think 54 is around Thanksgiving Day, so... Heading into the uh, holidays, a lot of folks getting ready to travel, as you heard from CBS. A lot of folks have already left. <laughs> I always wondered, people, why would you wait till Wednesday? Just take Tuesday off, too, and and uh, get on the road if you can. So a lot of folks are doing that. Uh, we'll have an open line predominantly today. I'm going to talk a little bit with uh, Leonard Steinhorn. He's with uh, CBS. He's an analyst on this uh, potential railroad strike. Coming up about 9.20, we'll talk to him for a few minutes about that and what it means and why are there 12 different unions and why are some of the unions voting for it and against it. And does the Biden administration, they've been somewhat involved. They've not been real public about it, but uh, is Congress going to have to step in? And what does it mean if there's a railroad strike, railway strike, what happens? That could have a big impact on a lot of stuff, especially as we head for the holidays. So anyway, we'll uh, touch on that a few minutes, and then we'll do some more open line. And we'll talk a few minutes. Uh, Mark Schultz will join us. We had Mark on talking about officiating and uh, people becoming officials. Well, Mark's got a big assignment this week, so we'll tell you about that for a few minutes. And then back to an open line the rest of the show up until 11 o'clock today. Tomorrow... We've got State Senator Chapin Rose with us in the 9 o'clock hour. Lots of different topics to address with him now that the election's over. So we'll talk to him about uh, some of those things. Then we'll do an open line in the uh, second hour tomorrow. I will not be here on Thanksgiving Day, as most of us will not be. We'll have some special Thanksgiving Day programming for you for both hours on Thursday. I will be back on Friday. i got a game that night anyway and a football game the next day. So it's really um, <laughs> there's not much point in taking that day off and besides we got to do our flashback friday right in the 10 o'clock hour on friday so we'll uh, we'll be back in the day after thanksgiving and then uh, monday morning quarterbacking next week to start the week 217-356-9397 text line at 217-351-5357 castle heating and cooling presents that and you can email us talk at wdws.com 
lot of different headlines today. We mentioned the uh, potential strike by the railways. We've got uh, extensions likely for the hotel renovation in Urbana, which seems like it's gone on for several years, right? It's changed hands two or three times as to who's doing that, the old um, uh, Jumers there in Urbana. And hopefully they can get that uh, up and running at some point. But, uh, of course, supply chain issues and COVID and everything else kind of slowed everything down. Heard uh, Diane Marlin talking about that with the guys in the morning here a few days ago. Uh, Cinema's hoping for a big holiday season. Hopefully some big movies out. I know the other day, though, they didn't have enough folks to work. That's been a problem uh, for some businesses around, just finding people to do everyday jobs that we all need done. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. State football finals in town this week. Good article by Bob Osmussen with uh, the article on Lenny Willis. Our friend uh, Lenny, who's been around a lot of years running different uh, sports facilities and events, and he's soon to be retired, but getting ready to welcome all the teams to Champaign for the state football championship, so a big week there. And uh, 59 years ago today, John F. Kennedy was killed in Dallas. Hard to believe, huh? 59 years ago that happened. And World Cup, U.S. ties Wales. Saudi Arabia beats Argentina. That's a major upset. I'm not into soccer as much as others, but even I know that. <laughs> that probably shouldn't happen, but it did. So anyway, uh, coaches show tomorrow night. We'll have a coaches show for you at Papa Dell's. It will be the night before Thanksgiving. We are going to have, though, uh, with us uh, Brett Bielema and Brad Underwood. Brad spoke at Rebounders yesterday, was over there for that. Did a nice job, of course, as he always does. With a big turnout after the Illini showing in Las Vegas. Illini up a little bit in the polls, depending on which poll you look at. They did jump three or four spots. Virginia made the biggest jump. They jumped all the way into the top five in uh, some of the polls. And, of course, uh, Illinois football at Northwestern Saturday at 2.30. And we got volleyball and women's basketball and all kinds of things happening here on the radio here on DWS. Anyway, a lot to get to, an opening break. We'll come back, get it going. We've also got uh, Leonard Steinhorn coming for a few minutes from CBS about this potential railway strike. Learn more about that as we continue on A Penny for Your Thoughts here this morning up until 11. Hey, Illini family, it's Brett Bielma. The Land of Lincoln Trophy is on the line against Northwestern this Saturday. And Illini game day coverage is right here on DWS. Nine fourteen. Excuse me. On a penny for your thoughts. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number. Text line at two one seven three five one five three five seven, and you can email us talk at wdws.com. One thing I do want to do over the next couple of days, and you can send these in as you as you think of them, and um, just give me as we head for Thanksgiving. We always uh, pause to reflect over the things we are thankful for. And what are a couple of things, two or three things you're just really thankful for that you can think of off the top of your head, mean a lot to you? Uh, you can share those on the text line if you like or email them to us, or if you want to call them in, that's fine too. But uh, over the next couple of days, we'll just kind of collect those as we go and be in a uh, spirit of thanksgiving here as we head into a holiday, I think, that gets overlooked a lot. And we just kind of jump from Halloween into Christmas and I think uh, Thanksgiving is a big one. 
So um, if you've got some things you'd like to mention you're thankful for, certainly you can just send those in uh, over the next day or two, and you can send them in now, and I'll get to them now, or you can send them in tomorrow if you want to think about them a day or two. But they should come fairly easily uh, to you. I know we're thankful for Hutchcraft Van Service. They're located here in the heartland of Illinois. Began the family-owned business back in the 1940s. Now all these years later, they're still going at it. 1953, they teamed up with United Van Lines, time when the country, a lot of people were wanting to get out and move to different parts of the country or uh, traveling. American families were growing. They've been in the uh, center of all that. They're located on Lincoln Avenue, 1614 North Lincoln in Urbana. You can give them a call at 217-328-3333. They've got 50 trucks, over 50 trucks, vans and trailers, including liftgate trucks and trailers for heavy items. They moved our radio stations like three times in the span of four or five years. And when something's on the air 24-7, three different stations, they got everything moved for us and did a great job for us. So Hutchcraft Van Service, you got a location in Urbana, great location there, family-owned and operated, and, of course, over in Normal, if you're listening over that way, a little further to the west. Hutchcraft Van Service, one of our sponsors here, on a penny for your thoughts. All right, 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. See a growing chorus of Republicans pleading with the GOP to rebuild its once robust early and male voting systems, blaming the party's reluctance to embrace such efforts for a lackluster showing in the 2022 midterm elections. One of the Republican strategists says we have to reevaluate both the strategy and the tactics. We've had so many close races, but we didn't do a good job at early voting. We didn't do a lot of mail-in voting. says we don't like that stuff, so we really don't participate in it. He says I think there's a lot of tactical things we have to do to take a look at it. And this is something I, uh, I mentioned uh, last week. So the Democrats drastically outpaced Republicans in pre-election voting in key battleground states, allowing the party and its candidates to run up a massive vote advantage heading into November 8th. Republicans, meanwhile, banked on heavy Election Day turnout to overpower Democrats. But after the so-called red wave that Republicans had predicted ahead of the midterms failed to materialize, a growing number of influential GOP leaders and operatives say the party needs to more aggressively compete with Democrats when it comes to early and mail voting, fearing that a failure to do so could cost the GOP in future elections. So telling everyone to vote in person on Election Day opens you to traffic jams and machine malfunctions. If and when that happens, there's no rewinding time to change your strategy. You're at the mercy of the courts and voters' own schedules. In three states with competitive statewide races, Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Democrats accounted for a higher share of the pre-election day vote than they did in both 2018 and 2020. The early turnout ultimately helped Democratic candidates clinch key victories in three of the marquee Senate races. So you can complain about the game as much as you want, but you got to find a way to play the game because the game's not going to change right now, said one Republican strategist. So anyway, there's some uh, some thoughts on that. If you have any thoughts on those, you can certainly share it as we go along here this morning on A Penny for Your Thoughts. We're at uh, 919 
here this morning on this uh, Tuesday. Again, no show on Thursday. We'll have some special Thanksgiving Day programming. Leonard Steinhorn is a political analyst with uh, CBS. He joins us here for a few minutes. Leonard, how you doing today? Hey, happy to be here. Thanks hey. for inviting me. Well, good to have you on. And uh, this uh, railroad, or at least potential railway strike, um, wow, this is uh, <laughs> the vote took place, I guess. The two largest rail worker unions announced votes on the pending labor agreement. Decision was split. And uh, kind of give us the big picture here. There's so many unions, I guess, within the railways, right? And they're trying, there's kind of a mixed bag of results so far. Yeah, well, look, this is one of those under-the-radar stories that could have a huge impact on our economy and our, on our lives. So it's important to pay attention to all of this, and it's important that you're bringing this to your listeners. So bottom line is this. Uh, the railroad workers work long hours. It's a tough job. They keep the economy humming. Approximately 30% of our packaged foods is transported by rail chemicals, raw materials, everything that we need in the production process throughout our society transported by rail. Uh, you know, hog farmers need the feed that is transported by rail. And if they don't get the feed, they're going to have problems with their livestock. So um, the bottom line is this. Uh, rail workers work hard. They keep our economy humming. They work long and demanding hours and schedules. Um, and oftentimes they don't have any paid sick leave or minimal paid sick leave. And this was driven home to them during COVID when they were risking themselves to keep goods flowing in our society and not getting the recognition, at least in terms of contracts, sick leave, and other benefits that they thought that they merited. So mm -hmm. they threatened to strike early on. The Bar Biden White House got involved. They worked out an agreement with the unions that they thought um, would would uh, solve the problem. Uh, and that, you know, everyone expected, okay, we dodged a bullet here. But we didn't because it's not just the union leaders that matter. It's the rank and file. And clearly there were enough people and enough unions to be able to throw a wrench in all of this. So what does that mean? They would go on strike potentially on December 5th. And in fact, it might hit before December 5th because all transportation of chemicals might cease a week beforehand because nobody wants hazardous materials sitting on trains that are stuck on the tracks and not moving uh, and not getting to their final destination. So again, big ripple effect on all of this. Uh, and right now, you have to imagine the Biden administration is trying to figure things out. It may also go to Congress. The stakes are so high for the econ economy that Congress may intervene and impose contract terms on everybody, which is what happened in 1992 when there was a two-day strike before Congress intervened. Yeah, Congress has been involved before, right, over the decades? In things like yes. this? Uh-huh. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, so is sick leave the biggest thing, you think, the dispute? Sick leave and a little bit more sort of balance on mm -hmm. the demanding schedules. Um, and again, we, don't, we take people for granted in this country way too much, and these are people who keep our economy humming. I mean, as you know, again, all the raw materials. You're an automobile factory up in Michigan or Ohio, um, uh, and... Uh, you, you don't get the parts coming to you because the rails are shut down. you got a problem. You can't produce your cars or do things like that. The estimate is that it would be a cost the economy about $2 billion a day um, because railroads haul about 40% of the nation's freight each year. And here's another little wrinkle on all of this. Um, commuters might be left stranded because many passenger railroads use tracks owned by the freight railroads. 
So if the freight railroads are on strike, uh, that means that uh, the passenger rail can't travel over those lines mm. and over those tracks. So, again, this will touch everybody in a place that most people don't think about. Uh, and maybe we should because these folks work hard and we depend on them. And they're in many ways frontline workers for our economy. Absolutely. Leonard Steinhorn with us for a couple more minutes, political analyst for uh, CBS. So December 5th, I know that was kind of the uh, the deadline that was out there. Uh, and Congress doesn't get back till shortly before that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, until shortly before that, and already the impact could start. So, again, you have to imagine that the administration is, you know, trying to figure out what is what's their next step. Because if the rank and file was unhappy, they may try to step in and negotiate something again. But you have to get it before the rank and file. So let's say they do negotiate something. Um, then the unions could agree to sort of delay any strike until they vote on that and the rank and file has their say. But uh, uh, the union leaders will have heard their rank and file, uh, will have heard the people on the front lines there, and so they'll have to you know, drive a better bargain than they got, even though many people thought that what the Biden administration put through was a good, balanced agreement. It just wasn't enough. Yeah, and I've heard, Leonard, that uh, what all all of the unions have to agree, right? That's the... Yes, more or less, group. because yeah. they will respect each other on mm-hmm. all of this. But if the bigger unions uh, say this is a good deal, maybe some of the smaller unions that have hesitated to sign on to the current proposal, maybe they'll follow, through, follow the bigger unions as well. Um, but the bottom line is that, yeah... They don't want to violate a potential strike by any unions, and that's basically the sort of brotherhood and sisterhood of working in a union. You don't cross uh, a, a you know a union line. Mm-hmm. And bottom line is that uh, you know some smaller unions could could decide to strike, but they would probably go along if the bigger unions went with them, and if they felt that they got more concessions by holding out like this. Mm-hmm. Well, and you hit the nail on the head, Leonard. When you, you know we see trucks go by all the time. Of course, we have the supply chain issues, and the trains go by. We got a track going right by our station here uh, every day, uh, moving stuff around, and it's easy to just take it for granted. You know that it's just magically. It's like meat showing up on our shelves in the grocery store. I mean, there's a whole process that gets it there. Yeah, a hundred percent. So when you figure, let's say, you know, cereal, cooking oils, beer, whatever. Their entire operations are built around rail deliveries of raw ingredients like grain, barley, peanuts, um, and then on the other end, shipment of the finished products. So all of these industries depend on rail. Um, so in some ways, um, you know, it's a it's a hidden part of our economy and our infrastructure. We often don't talk about, but it's essential to the humming of our economy. Yeah, and the final thing too for you, Leonard, with our trying to get out of inflation, trying to get that down. Stagflation, trying to avoid all of that, and then you throw this in the mix. I mean, what a what a lethal combination that is. Well, yeah, and you hit it right on the head because you know some of the more worried economists say, "Hey, we we might hit a recession because of what the Federal Reserve is trying to do to slow down the economy because of you know the, uh, high inflation." Um, so, but what they're saying with this, this could tip it over even sooner if that's the case. Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot at stake here. We just don't want to see our economy shut down, or the shelves in our stores uh, go bare uh, because of, of workers who feel that they're not. Being being treated with respect. Now, again, 
you know, you have to find a balance between uh, the ability of companies to do their business and the ability of workers to gain satisfaction in their lives. And that's what the whole point of a negotiation is, is that companies come from their perspective, workers come from their perspective. But if you have people who are saying, we are under such stress, we have very little opportunity for sick leave and one of the most demanding jobs in the country um, that was functioning even during COVID, hey, cut us a break. We got to get a little bit of a piece of the pie. Hey, Leonard, thank you for your expertise on this and your analysis. We'll be following this, and I think I advise people to keep an eye on it because as we, everybody gets busy with the holidays here, uh, this is going to be a big story. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Thank you, Leonard. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Leonard Steinhorn, political analyst with CBS. And, yeah, I'd, I'd advise you to keep an eye on it. And I know uh, Gentry's touched on it some, too, the ag world and everybody else affected by it. And, uh, again, you see these trains go by all the time, and you, you know, there's another train, you know, and it's like, you know, somebody has to load that stuff. Somebody has to, you know, move it. Somebody's got to ship it. Somebody's got to unload it. Somebody, I mean, there's, um, there's a lot of stuff going on there. So, anyway, appreciate Leonard uh, joining us for that. All right, uh, 928. Uh, got some texts and emails that have come in. We'll continue with this in a moment. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 931. On a penny for your thoughts here on this Tuesday. Normally, this would be a on-the-money show with Paul Rudy, but we do not have that today as they have the Thanksgiving week off. So I'm here for both hours. Just had Leonard Steinhorn on, political analyst from CBS, about the potential railway strike. We'll talk to Mark Schultz a little bit, our friend or colleague here, former colleague, and who is my spotter for football, but he's also a referee, and he's going to be working uh, the state title games coming up, one of them anyway, this weekend. So we'll talk to him about that. All right, let's go to the phones here. And 931, Jim is with us. Hey, Jim. Hey there, Brian. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. I was calling about your conversation or discussion earlier of that article uh, about voter preference. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do you like chocolate or do you like vanilla vanilla ice cream? I mean, <laughs> is isn't that the choice of the voter to determine when they vote and how they vote? Shouldn't the clerk hello free the ability to vote mm-hmm. based on what that preference is? Oh, I, sure. I'm not against vote by mail at all or sure. early voting. I actually tried to push it before the election, um, but. Uh, you know, it seems like there's a lot of people, actually a large majority of the voters, that voted on Election Day. Unfortunately, the, the clerk had suppressed the vote in the rural areas, so there was long lines. Had limited, he closed two, two polling places in um, Muhammad alone, and people waited hours in line. Uh, line of Union, he had six judges working and ran the uh, vote up for the students, which I think the students should vote. I think it's good they do vote, but there's no discussion about that. And he knows, and he was told at a county board meeting that this closure of polling places around the rural areas would cause voters' pressure, but he was not interested in that. 
Yeah, well, I'm so, I'm one of these. I mean, I if I had my way, we'd all go back to voting on the day of the election. But I guess my point is, and the discussion that even some Republicans are saying at the national level is, okay, that genie's out of the bottle. So what are we going to do to win elections going forward? Are we going to, if you're a Republican, are you going to just continue to say, well, let's just prefer to vote on election day, which is your prerogative, or we need to do a better job of getting our voters to vote earlier? I mean, is that? Well, you can you can create all kinds of plans to do that, but if the voter wants to vote on election day, they're going to vote on election day. Sure, they see it as tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like vote by mail. I, there's some people I know that were sick and they couldn't vote. Mm-hmm. You know, early voting is the same thing. It's just a lot easier to do, and when the vote can be manipulated like our clerk did um, by closing polling places. And then finding another 6,300 votes at the last minute, um, there's a problem there. That Maybe that's the one that should be addressed publicly. But obviously, even though the News Gazette covered three or four articles that showed he had 5,400 votes, and then all of a sudden he had, he counted a bunch of those, and all of a sudden he had 6,300 votes to count on Monday to change the outcome of an election. Um why isn't any que- why isn't there any questions about that? You're talking about the uh, judicial the, the judicial race. Yes, yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it, I mean, the articles in the newspaper clearly show he only had 5,400 votes on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and 4,300 of those were counted. But yet, all of a sudden, he came up with 6,300 votes. Where did they come from? I don't know. Were they, they were they, were, and, oh. and I'm just asking because would they be late arriving? Were they if the postmarked on the day of the election and they just got in? Um, well, I mean, that, that's a good question. Except that he only had in the, the article 1,600 vote by mail ballots to come in hmm. after the election, but yet he showed up with 6,300. They're not vote by mail ballots, and he only received 70 ballots on Monday. So. Um, and those are the late arriving hmm. vote by mail ballots, seventy, not sixteen hundred, or not sixty-three hundred. Hmm. Where did they come from? What, is he going to be asked those questions? We ask those questions uh, when he comes on the air. Well, my guess is he will, and my guess is uh, he'll want to be on at some point here after everything's done. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that'll come up. So. Well, maybe the News Gazette should ask those questions. So you know, Very people, well. people would know their fit their their vote was counted appropriately. But anyway, thank you. Have Very a good. Great Thanksgiving. Hey, you Ryan. too. Thank you, Jim. Yep. Appreciate welcome. having you on. Nine thirty six. Let me get to CBS here. Hang on, callers. Back with more in a moment here. Blaine's Farm and Fleet, your ag headquarters, helping you get the job done right with farm supplies and equipment, fencing, feed, and more. Wisconsin-based, family-owned since nineteen fifty-five, and they wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Here's CBS. Nine thirty-nine on a penny for your thoughts here as we roll along this morning, headed for a high of is that fifty-three? The sun's glaring off my uh, weather here as we head for uh, Thanksgiving. And again, uh, just throwing it out there today or other days. Maybe if you want to text in or email in or whatever, 
A couple of things you're thankful for as we get into that spirit of Thanksgiving here, heading for Thanksgiving Day itself. As you heard from CBS and Bloomberg, a lot of folks out traveling today already. Uh, Hi, Brian. Joe G. here. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. I'm thankful for God, family, and friends. As always, thanks for having a great show. I appreciate that, Joe. Thank you. I'm thankful that you're there. Uh, Mail-in voting and months of early voting has clearly favored Democrats in sheer numbers, but the particular change in voting laws has unleashed the mob that have virtually no skin in the game. It is now impossible for a reasoned government to serve the people that make America that makes America function and pay the bills, one listener says. All right, to the phones. Alan. Hi, Alan. Morning, Brian. Boy, you came close, Hardy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I I thought we had a good shot going in if Chase played. Right. And, and then when Corum and then when Corum went down, I thought now we really got a shot. And um Yeah. And uh I just kept saying we need one more score, touchdown or a field goal. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. And we just never did get it. Uh the thing I'm calling about is the railroad strike. Yeah. I'm down here in the middle of the railroad uh green, green and all that. We have private uh railroad that comes uh it's based out of Charleston that runs from the yoga up to Oakland and on each end they've got huge elevators that takes in green and they take anywhere from anywhere to hundred to two hundred green cars at a time. And they connect to Canadian National, which goes north to south. And up at Oakland, I think they connect with uh, either Norfolk or Western or Union Pacific, and they go east and west. And with the uh, Mississippi River being low and they can't use the barge traffic, it's critical to move this grain as of now. There's another private railroad that comes out of Indiana and goes up through towards Effingham. And uh, it's primarily green cars too if we have a railroad uh, stoppage and green can't move uh we're talking about high prices on the food in real quick mm-hmm. yeah and a lot of other things too yeah, absolutely yeah that's um that's you know in this part of the world that's i mean we feed the world so i mean there's a lot of grain going out right. and coming and if that stops um you got a major problem so i i don't I, think majority of the people realize how important this is going to be, especially right now. Yeah, that's so, why I wanted to call attention to it a little bit, because I know we're all getting busy for holidays, and uh, that's kind of lurking in the background here. Um, and when when I heard they didn't reach an agreement back a few weeks ago, I thought, you know, I was like uh, Astro yeah, on the yeah. Jetsons, like rut row, because uh, that wasn't very good, so... If uh, Biden thinks he's got economic problems now, wait till this happens, and if it lasts very long, look out. Yeah. Well, hopefully something can be done ahead of time, but it's pretty scary. Well, the basketball team is uh, looking pretty good. Uh, we got a couple things we need to work on. Seems like we have trouble uh, guarding really small guards so far. We're having trouble against the little bitty guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens sometimes in these uh, – even the non-conference games with smaller schools, they have smaller guards, and sometimes right. they give you a little trouble. Um, I saw a great video of Chester Frazier working with Sincere Harris on guarding a point guard, <laughs> and uh, Chester was giving him problems. Chester can still move. 
Oh yeah, and, well, uh, he looked like he could still play. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it was kind of a funny video because he was—I mean, it, it wasn't intended to be funny. It was just showing that hey, I'm working on him, you know. But it was just like Chester. Wow, he could still play. So he was—he was making sincere work pretty hard. Well, so far, I think Epps is our best freshman player so far. Yeah, it's been probably the most consistent overall. Sky's been fairly consistent, but but uh, a little worried about. Uh, Roger, and I'm a little bit worried about Melendez. Melendez doesn't seem to dribble the ball very well. Uh, he's more like a catch-and-shoot type of player instead of a penetrator. Well, if he can, he drove to the basket some last year, but he just um, he's got to get he's his confidence. This year. Yeah, well, he's got to he's got to do more of it. He's got to be more aggressive. So we need that. Yeah, we do. Hey. All right. Oh, Thanks, Alan. Hey, you too. Thank you. Be safe down there in uh, South Central Illinois, 944 at DWS on a penny for your thoughts. Benny's up next. Hey, Benny. Hey, how are you this morning, Brian? Good. What's on? What's up? Oh, well, I uh, I want I had a question to ask you. I was looking uh, in the in Sunday's paper at the uh, statistics uh, on the receiving end on the offensive side of the ball. And I did not see Luke Ford's name. And, of course, I was listening to the broadcast and watching the game on TV, and I never heard his name uh, on in the broadcast. And I thought, you know, is he hurt or is he on the field? Or was, like, the def- Michigan's defense just covering him and DeVito couldn't get a ball thrown to him? I, I was just wondering uh, about Luke Ford. Yeah, no, he was out there. Uh, I, I'm trying to think if they targeted him. I know they threw to Marquise at least once or twice. Um, kind of probably depending on what Michigan was giving them. But, uh, yeah, he was definitely out there. In fact, they had all three tight ends out there a couple of times. Okay, so. well, the thing I was wondering, you know, if we're going to beat Northwestern, and, and I predict we will beat Northwestern, I'm not going to be like – some of the other callers that called the post game show and not thinking we're going to treat the game a certain way, not going into the game and not winning. Now, I think we're going to win the game. It's just that I think uh, Barry Lunny, and I like the guy, and he's a friend of Brett Bielema's, and I will take him over Tony Peterson any day when it comes to an offensive coordinator. But we got to get him involved somehow. Saturday and of course for the bowl game if we're gonna because I don't want to leave that land of Lincoln trophy in Evanston I want it back in Champaign well it's sitting in our office right now so we need to keep it here yeah yeah I want to keep it here see the thing about college football Brian the two things that I really love about it is the rivalry games and then all the trophy games I mean I, I know we don't have time for me to mention all of them but and some of them trophies i don't really understand all yeah. that much but i love the trophy games you sure. know I, you just hate to see the, like purdue they they've got the cannon i really didn't want to give the cannon back to purdue i wanted it back here you know so you know i just really love those trophy games yep i i like them too and uh i've got a couple of the replicas of those in my office Oh, that's great! Yeah. Hey, uh, the uh, I've got the I've got, I've, I've got the axe in there for um, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Oh, I hope uh, I sure hope PJ Flick gets that axe. <laughs> I really wanted 
to see them get that Floyd Rosedale trophy. And I was watching that game, yeah. and I, oh, those Hawkeyes. I, you know, it's, if it isn't those Wolverines, I can't stand. I can't stand those Hawkeyes either. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, I, I really wanted to see Coach Fleck get that uh, Rosedale trophy. He hasn't gotten it yet nope. ever since he's been there. And, like, he had – I saw a stat on the screen, and I was been beating them, you know, yep. and I really thought they were going to – I thought they were going to do it. That game was so close, like like our game was close, but it didn't happen. But you know, let's get the axe for them and get ours and keep our trophy as well. I like it. Thank you, Benny. You're welcome. You have a good yes. Thanksgiving, you and your family, and everybody at the radio station. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Thank you, Benny. Thanks. You I welcome. appreciate Bye-bye. it. Yep. Nine forty-eight. We go from Benny to Bob. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. A couple questions, if maybe you or the listeners can give me some clarification on. You had a caller a couple of weeks ago make the statement that in 1989, when he graduated from the U of I, there was 20,000 students, and today there's 60,000. Is, is there any sort of way of uh, knowing just how many of those students actually vote in our local elections? And mm-hmm. do they do they vote in their hometown elections too? Is there any checks and balances to find out on that? Um, I, I, where I'm coming from is I live in a, a very rural part of the of the county. I'm actually sitting in a tractor right now, but I'm thinking we've got sixty thousand students. They're voting controls our taxes, how our roads, some very basic issues, and at the end of three or four years, they're going to leave. And the rest of us in the rural, we don't have the population count to actually sway a lot of this that possibly would be something that we would see or our way we would see, you know, how it should be done. So, so I'm going to hang up and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to listen uh, later and see if anybody knows just, just how many of the students do that. Yeah. No, that's a good question. I don't know what the, what the numbers would be. I'm sure somebody's got that somewhere. I would and hope. You can see about, you know, it's like, when you have a governor's race, what's he cover about three or four counties of the what, 102 counties? But Chicago, East St. Louis, and Champaign County are pretty much, if you control those three counties in the vote count, you, you've won state election. Yeah, because so, there, was, there was a lot of red on the Illinois map. <laughs> yeah. well, but, anyway, thank you, Bob. Hey, thank you, Bob. Have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you. 9.50 out in his tractor today here. Trying to think of what else is left to do here at this point. I guess you could chisel some or do some work in the field a little bit, do some tilling. Uh, 9.50, back in a moment. Get the answers for your lawn and garden problems from the Prairie Gardens Plant Experts. Live Saturday mornings at 8.15 here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Trying to stand up on my own two feet. This conversation ain't coming easily And darling, I know it's getting late So what do you say we leave this place? Walk me home in the day tonight Penny, for your thoughts rolling on here on this Tuesday, I'm Mark Schultz. Join me for a few minutes. He's got a big referee assignment coming up here in a couple of days. State uh, finals in town this week. Always a big week for that. Hey, with uh, colder weather on the way, 
Roost by Roger wants to remind you, if you want to get on the uh, spring roofing schedule, you might want to be thinking about that. Now's a great time to work through various shingle options, knowing the work doesn't have to be done for a few more months. Of course, during the winter, they still do siding and gutters and gutter guards and windows. So uh, hopefully you've uh, taken advantage of their services. Maybe you're still uh, thinking, well, you got through the hail without any damage. There might be some hidden damage up there and let them uh, get on your roof and take a look at it for you. Roost by Roger. Give them a call. 217. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's look here. Uh, 217 is the uh, number for Roost by Roger. It's 217. I lost it. 834. <laughs> I hate when that happens. 217-834-3800 is the uh, number to call. And you can go to Roofs by Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, roofsbyroger.com. Uh, Texture says Republicans need to dump Trump if they want to win. Talking about voting. Uh, the rail workers' demands are bolstered by the fact that most U.S. rivers, and I think Alan mentioned this, including the Mississippi, are not as high as they used to be. They're being drunk dry by irrigation and other human demands or a lack of dredging to clear shipping channels, which limits barge traffic. Add to that our lack of investment in locks and dams along the rivers, and rail is the only way to move significant loads of products. One rail car equals three to four truckloads. And I guess it's my day for questions and complaints. Why can't the politicians stop all the calling centers bothering people all day long? All right, thanks for all you do. Okay, and somebody says, I'm very confused on how you and others keep referring to counting ballots being postmarked. Um, I and my friends in CU, the only people that notice that less than 10% of our mail has a postmark. That being said, how can mail ballots ever be counted honestly and accurately when most mail is not postmarked? Which then makes many wonder how any honest and thoughtful person can trust our election results. I guess what I'm referring to is, am I right? I think, right? With mail-in, you have until 7 o'clock on election day. When the polls close, you have until then to get either drop it off in a ballot drop-off box or get it in the mail, and it's got to be postmarked by that day. So then depending on how long it takes for the mail to get from the mailbox to the clerk's office to be counted, that's what I'm referring to, right? And would, would that be two or three days, I guess? I think they allow a couple of weeks for everything to be done. That's all I'm referring to. I, I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, maybe I'm missing something there, but... Now, if you want to say, hey, you should go back to the days when you had to have it in by a certain day or it had to be postmarked two weeks early, if you want to do that, I guess that would be the way to do it. But if you're going to allow people to vote all the way up till the last minute, then you're going to have delays in the counting, I think, right? Unless I'm missing something. Uh, Danny, how are you? Hey, I'm doing all right. Uh, how are you this morning? Good. Hey, good. Glad to hear it. Uh, I just had kind of a follow-up comment on the uh, caller about the student student voting, and uh, the I don't have answers for it, but I thought I'd mention, you know, like when I live, say, in the several times I lived away, you know, like in the military, and I just get absentee ballot and vote for back in Champaign area. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I live off post, and really, uh, I'm just there temporarily, and I have no business affecting them there voting in their local elections. So I would absentee vote 
back back home, basically. And uh, I think the students should do that. Now, them not knowing where they're going to move to for work once they graduate, even though uh, they may not move back home, they grew up there, I think they should vote back their absentee like I did, rather than affecting the temporary place that they're living at. And then they go on wherever they live their lives out at, vote there. But they shouldn't affect the town that, uh, uh, that they're just temporarily in. And uh, I think where a lot of that comes in is I would imagine that the professors there that often lean, uh, you know, Democratic, a lot of them probably encourage them to, just to guess, encourage them to vote local uh, because the professors, of course, live there and they want to get their way. So they get the mm -hmm. students voting along with them, and there you have it. And mm -hmm. it's just an issue for a long time, and I've disliked it. And it would be real nice to know. And to get that changed and have the students where they're set up to vote temporarily in that. I, I don't know how you'd fix it, but it sure is a problem. Yeah. Well, so, uh, that's good, all I got. Really. Good points, Danny. Hey, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, y'all have a happy Thanksgiving and, and bless y'all. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you. Have a blessed Thanksgiving. God, I'm trying to think what, when I was going to school in Lynchburg, Virginia, was it Campbell County? I think was the county. I have to look and see what county Lynchburg's in. But I know I voted out there. But for me, it was a big... Now, the first year I was there, I was still only 17, so I couldn't vote. And I'm trying to think as I got into covering news and so forth, I got a little more informed on who was running and, and who was you know who was on the ballot and so forth just by working at the radio station, I think. So I had an advantage in that regard. So I was kind of paying attention to the candidates and would hear the commercials and so forth. But I considered it, hey, you know, I'm away from home. I think I've got a, you know, I've got an obligation here to vote. I'd like to vote. I want to exercise my right to vote once I turned 18. And I don't want to go through trying to get a ballot back home. I'm just going to vote here and express my opinion here because I feel like I'm informed enough. But I can see where people would say, well, they're not informed enough. So we'll see. We'll continue the discussion. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. Back on A Penny for Your Thoughts, News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM as we join you for hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts with you up until 11 o'clock today. Normally, this would be the uh, On the Money show, but uh, they are off this week, and so you got me for this hour up until 11 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. The Beef House in Covington, Indiana. Always glad to have those folks with us. Uh, maybe you got some friends and family in for Thanksgiving a couple of days early. I mean, they told us everybody's leaving early, so maybe you're like, what do I do with all these people? How do I feed them? Well, take them over to Bob and Bonnie right? and let Bob and Bonnie feed them at the Beef House, exit 4, Covington, Indiana. Go to the Beef House Rolls website. Check out the tickets. They don't have a lot left, I don't think, for the uh, Christmas shows, but you might check those out. Uh, go to beefhouserolls.com and see if they've, uh, they've got great Christmas shows that you can enjoy. 
and, of course, the great food that they serve with those shows. So the beef house rolls and all the other great food, steak, seafood, pasta, chicken. A lot of folks like the uh, fried chicken, but it's a steak place, so you should probably get a steak at some point, right? Or do the buffet. You can do that, too. The Beef House, Exit 4, Covington, Indiana. One of the many things I'm thankful for is we head for Thanksgiving. You can send them in anytime, today, tomorrow, whenever you like. Uh, two or three things you're very thankful for uh, as we get into that spirit of Thanksgiving here over the next couple of days. State Senator Chapin Rose on with us tomorrow in the 9 o'clock hour. No show on Thursday. We will have a uh, special Thanksgiving programming show for you. And then Friday, I'll be back with an open line on Illini Friday. I've got some tickets to give away for the Lindenwood game and then also our flashback Friday. So all of that straight ahead on a penny for your thoughts. All right, state uh, high school finals are in. We had Mark Schultz on a few months ago. He's, of course, a former colleague of ours uh, here at DWS and my spotter for football. Mark, how you doing? Well, I'm hungry for beef house rolls now, but other than that, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, good to have you on. And now, you've, of course, uh, we had you on talking about refereeing, and you've been along. How many years you officiated high school football? Uh, I've been back for 21 straight years, uh, 25 overall, or 26 overall. And we want to congratulate you because you're doing your first state title game, right? That is correct. Uh, myself and my crew of uh, Jeff Purcell, Ray Tucker, Cody Mayfield, and Matt Reese will be calling the uh, IHSA 3A state championship game on Friday at Memorial Stadium. What And what time is that game? Is it... That's 4 p.m. 4 p.m. So you're pretty excited? Oh, my goodness. We're very excited. <laughs> this uh, this is uh, uh, high school is my ceiling. This is our Super Bowl. So we are uh, very, very excited. Yeah, now, which game? You just worked a game here in the semifinals, right? Where was that? Yes, we were up at uh, Lincoln Way East High School up in Frankfurt, Illinois, up in the Chicago suburbs for the Class 8A game. And... Uh, that was uh, that was a very interesting ball game, to say the least. Uh, not in the score, but in the weather. It's the mm-hmm. first time I've ever worked a game in a snowstorm. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we had uh, snow squalls coming in uh, during the game and uh, started to obscure the lines. Uh, 28 degrees, 11 degrees wind chill. Uh, it, was, uh, it was fun, actually. <laughs> I don't want to do it all the time, but yeah. it was uh interesting to do it that one time so how did how does it get work out that you because uh, i know you would uh, you spot for me during the football season and sometimes you'll say hey brian i've got a game but i don't know if i'm doing any more how do you get to a state final game who, who determines that well the ihsa determines it and they determine it um they send scouts out to look at the crews and they also receive uh feedback from coaches uh we're rated on each game and uh, by the coaches, and then the uh, IHSA sends their scouts out to uh, check us out, and we just kind of work our way up the ladder. Mm. Uh, some years we do, uh, there's five rounds of playoffs. If you get to the championship round, you uh, work five rounds. Uh, it's not like the NFL where you just work one playoff game and then you're done for the year. Mm. But, um, yeah, you work five rounds, so some years you get two rounds, some years you get three, four, and this year we get five. And you get five. Well, congratulations on that. And you mentioned your crew. Is it five, right, in your crew? Yes, five okay. officials. We okay. have uh, the, the – and I'm the umpire. I'm lining up with the linebackers, and 
hopefully not running for my life on uh, <laughs> on Friday. Well, that's going to be a pretty cool moment for you and your crew. But, I mean, uh, I know you're how big of an Illini fan you are. There you are, refing, yeah. you know, on Memorial Stadium's turf. That's pretty cool. Yes, that is very, very cool. I'm very much looking forward to that. We've officiated a few games on artificial turf before, so we know what that's like. But mm-hmm. yes, uh, we're going to take a, we're all going to take a moment uh, to uh, look around during a timeout and uh, enjoy the time, and then focus back in for the next play. Yeah. We'll make sure you get a group photo. Oh, yes, we will. (laughs) That's for sure. Well, Mark, I've known you a long time, and congratulations. You work very hard at it, and I appreciate you coming on a few months ago and talking about officiating, and I'm glad you're getting a chance here with your crew, to Jeff and the other guys, to to do a state title game. That's pretty cool. Thank you very much. We're very excited, and hey, maybe uh, the Illini win this uh, weekend and get some help from the other teams. Maybe I can spot for you an Indy yet that's 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 my goal (laughs) yeah yeah got to root for nebraska this time so well okay i'll try to do that okay Okay. (laughs) thanks mark thank you very much brian we appreciate it very good uh all right well good luck out there thank you thank you very good mark schultz who'll be one of the officials working the uh, i think he said 3a game in the afternoon on uh, Friday, so very good. Appreciate that. Ten uh, sixteen at DWS. Uh, Mark used to work with us here. He was our news director here for several years back uh, when I first came back to town, and he's been my spotter for uh, in the booth with me. Helps with the binoculars and who's making the catches and who's making the tackles and all that sort of thing. And it uh, takes some teamwork up there in our booth. And we got a whole crew that uh, works. So uh, Martin's with me, of course, and Michael on the sideline, and Ed and Steve and. Michael Kaiser, and uh, we've got um, Scott Beatty and Mark. It's a whole crew working every day to bring you the games. All right, 10-16 at DWS, so congratulations to Mark. Dale's up next. Hey, Dale. Hi there. Uh, I wanted to comment about the, this season after the Illinois football games. Uh, many times I go to YouTube, and I, uh, I like to listen to Coach Bielman's press conference after the game Mm -hmm. but then i started checking on i wondered what some of the opposing coaches were saying and i just wanted to make a comment about i checked on uh, jim harbo's press conference after the game Mm -hmm. and you talk about one smug arrogant person every other coach has always complimented whether you win or lose the other team in some way form or fashion not only did he not compliment Illinois, he didn't even mention Illinois by name. He didn't mention Coach Bielman. The closest thing he said to a compliment was, uh, it was a great win. It was a great win. Other than that, he never said one hmm. word about Illinois at hmm. all. In contrast to that, I listened to Tony Bennett uh, after the Illinois-Virginia basketball game, and he was talking about what a – great well-played game that was how hard both teams uh effort to put into it and it was very complimentary to uh illinois and i thought to myself what a contrast in personalities and people and over over the years i've gotten tired of ohio state always winning always winning if by chance we're not fortunate enough to get to the big 10 championship game if Michigan plays Ohio State, I hope Ohio State beats him by 50. <laughs> uh, he is just so arrogant. I, I couldn't believe it. 
Yeah, he's. Have you, uh, ever, you ever heard that of him? Uh, I've been around enough around him. He's an he's a different dude. He's just different. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. I haven't figured out yet how his brain works. Um, well, at the end of the game, you know, when they kept they kept throwing, they were about four plays. They kept passing the ball uh, when they could have kicked a field goal and won the game, and he kept passing the ball. I couldn't believe he was doing that. He was giving us a chance to get an interception or a mm-hmm. turnover, uh, but. Uh, just after when we would beat somebody this year, Coach Bielman would always make some kind of compliments about mm-hmm. the other team. Sure, and show res- show respect. You mm-hmm. know. Well, I'm just happy I work with the coach I do, <laughs> and and not some of the other ones. So yeah, that you know, that's for sure. he's he's been it's, great to it, work with. No matter how it ends up, uh, it's been a great year. If you'd have told me we'd win this many games before the season started, I'd have said hallelujah. I'll take that. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and and win this many games and be within a play of winning at Michigan, that'd have been yeah. the other thing. I mean, I think most people went in with the idea that ooh, this could be bad. Yeah, and, I, uh, I thought for sure we would get killed there. Uh, I didn't know if Chase was going to play or not, but and uh, Harbaugh didn't say a word about hmm. Chase Brown about the game he had against him. Nothing hmm. is unbelievable, and I think we're going to have a great basketball season too. There's a lot of talent on this team. There really is. Yeah, they're going to be yeah. fun to watch. Um, if anything, they play hard. They just, you know, they may not always execute correctly, uh, you know, at at a key moment as they didn't the other day against Virginia. But man, do they scrap and claw and and fight and play really hard and and they're talented too. And when all oh, that yeah. catches up with each other, they're going to be dynamite. Yeah, by the end of the end of the year, we're going to be awfully tough for somebody to beat. I think so. Okay, well, thank thanks a lot, Brian. You do a great job. Thank you, Dale. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Very good. 1020 at DWS. So on a penny for your thoughts. Let me get a break in here. Back with more. Some news coming up at the bottom of the hour. Lots of texts here. Some interesting questions. Uh, I don't know if I got the answer to them, but um, I'll see what I can do. Back in a moment. Hey, Lana fans. This is Illinois head volleyball coach Chris Thomas. Join us on Wednesday to face Indiana. Right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Uh, talked a little bit about the railways earlier with Leonard Steinhorn, political analyst from CBS. And again, keep that in mind. Keep an eye on that. And that could impact our economy in a big way here. I know everybody's getting ready for um, Thanksgiving and Christmas and the holidays and everything that's involved here at the end of the year. But uh, just keep an eye on that. That could be a big, big story depending on what happens. 217-356-9397. We talked to Mark Schultz a few minutes about his... uh, refereeing crew at the uh, state finals coming up and got all those games in town hopefully uh, memorial stadium can keep those i know jane and everybody hoping that's the case and um you know right now it's alternating every other year between here and dekalb but i know it'd be uh, great to keep it here now that we got the basketball here as well yeah there it is okay very good thank you um i had a question here somebody texted me and said most mail does not have a printed date on the envelope when it is sent through the mail they stopped doing that several years ago well i'm just looking uh, karen just brought me in an envelope and it says champagne illinois 61820 it looks like uh 21 november 2022 p.m 5 
and it's marked over the stamp. That we just got a piece of mail here at the News Gazette. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> just maybe somebody can explain to me what mail wouldn't have a postmark on it. I mean, it's it's when it goes through the machines, right at the post office. If I drop it off in Muhammad, it's going to go through and it's going to show a Muhammad post office stamp, right? I think. All right, uh, voting season is when students are in session, so all the 60,000 students will vote here. They should not allow their votes to count here. It should go back to their county or state or country, or their ballot should not have our county elections on it, someone says. Okay, appreciate that. By the way, uh, Mike Hale came in and pointed out to me, and he had some numbers on this, that I guess somebody mentioned in 1989 at the U of I we had 20,000 students. He says the number is closer to over 30. So it's grown from 30,000, and it jumped again, I guess, in the early 90s to about 35 or so. And then it was, I think when I first got here 22 years ago, it was about 40 maybe, 38, 40. And now it's, uh, it's a lot more than that. 1026, News Talk 1400, DWS. Hey, Brian, I hear your advertiser declare he is a fiduciary. Is that self-designated or is there a certification that is obtained? I don't know. I don't know how that works. So I got a couple of texts out on that. I'll see if I get an answer on that at some point. Hey, good morning, Brian. Let's be honest. The Republicans are in trouble. Every day, people from the greatest generation are dying, and it shows the U.S. is changing. The majority of people now don't want to work. They want everything. They want it for free. The idea that you go to work every day, save as much as you can, take pride in what you do is a thing of the past. The only thing these people take pride in today is having the newest, biggest phone on the market and how many tattoos you can get, but they can't afford their kids' lunch at school. All right, that's on the uh, Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 1026, back to the phone lines. Greg is with us. Hey, Greg. Hey, Brian. I've been out of town for a couple weeks, but uh, I just wondered, has anybody called in about the expiration of this uh, municipal aggregation for electricity? Uh, Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Have they? Okay. I just wondered what was... uh, if that's going to be renewed or what the what the process is for that. Yeah, I don't know. I think the uh, News Gazette did a f- story on it here. I forget how many days ago it was. Um, had all the okay. breakdown. And I got a notice in Muhammad that I have until, I forget when it is, to uh, opt out or opt into something. I've got to, I've got to reread it um, okay. with the aggregation I'll, I'll there. So. I'll go back and see if I can find that. But uh, I was in Tennessee for about 10 days and uh, the Saturday I was down there I was in uh, Knoxville south of Knoxville and I found the Illinois game on Sirius XM uh, sports radio down there I thought that was I didn't know you guys put those on that but mm-hmm. uh, sure part of that yeah yeah well good so, just found it by accident I was yeah. looking for the scores and they had uh, a, a link you clicked on it took it right to the station so wow well that's great I'm glad you were able to hear it yeah I hope uh, I hope Chapin Rose is going to take some calls tomorrow about the uh, what's going on with the state insurance. I'm a state retiree. Uh, I decided to opt out of the state coverage. Uh, I read that the state signed a 10-year contract, which I think is ridiculous. But uh, the reason I got out of that, I want some insurance I can take with me when I travel, and I don't have to worry about changing it every two or three years. 
uh, I don't think the state will will stay in this uh, in this Aetna program for ten years. But I had when I worked for the state, I had Health Alliance, and it was great. And I went back to the Health Alliance. Uh, so I would recommend any state retirees or university retirees to look into their uh, into that Health Alliance Simplete plan. Hmm. It'd be a it'd be a good alternative. But hmm. uh, you know, changing insurance. I did it when I turned 65. I had to go to United Healthcare, which was fine. But a year later, or two years later, I'm I'm having to switch again. So I just want the the security and knowing I have insurance and I don't have to worry about changing there every couple of years. But uh, yeah. I'm I'm planning on calling him tomorrow. Maybe I can talk to him about yeah, that. Yeah, sure, so. sure, but absolutely. That's all I've got. Okay, Brian. All right, thank you. All right, thank you. Yep. Good to hear from Bye-bye. you, Greg. Thank you. Have a good Thanksgiving. Two one seven three five one five three five seven is the text line. We're at 1029. Student voting, a topic here, says to kind of make a joke of things these days. Maybe they think moving away from home all grown up, vote here when I'm in college. Instead of absentee back home, not realizing on graduation, they'll move back to their parents' basement and live their life there. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's see. I think I've got most everything. Let's see. There was one back here I need to go back up and get because I forgot about it. All right. Yeah. Robert in Champaign just recently came south through downtown Champaign, saw a street sign that says Honorary BLM, Black Lives Matter Boulevard. Uh, He says, what has this organization done to early help, I guess, really help black lives? I do know they're a good organization for protests. They burn many buildings in several cities. Millions in property damage. Don't think I've ever heard of this group trying to help anywhere in Chicago. I wish they could put up a sign or would have put up a sign that says all lives matter. Okay, yeah, that sign is uh, the Black Lives Matter sound, uh, sign is downtown. If you, you can see it there when you go through. Would it be possible to get someone on the air to discuss the Ameren supplier choice issue, which is the expiring? Ameren has sent out letters to all its customers. Rates will triple. Thanks. Yeah, we're going to talk to Chapin about that and other things tomorrow so hopefully that that helps back to the phones here to susan how you doing susan good morning i'm fine i'm asking a question because i uh, scanned this cargo paper and i clearly missed it could you tell me what teams are playing friday for state you know i i'm really uh i wanted to follow mount carmel i'm from chicago um i i think they're still in i don't know so could you tell me some of the pairings yeah let me see if i can find where those are okay Thank you. Yeah, I'm specifically interested about Mount Carmel, one. And then, two, when the, the former caller was saying he's going to get his own insurance uh, on his own, does that mean that the U of I uh, is giving, uh, appropriating a money towards that? How, you know, I, I would like some clarification maybe tomorrow. Mm-hmm. and Rose, uh, yeah. will further. Well, here, I got, the, I got the list in front of me. You were asking oh. about Man, Mount Carmel. Yeah. Uh, they play in the 7A championship at 4 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, Chicago. Go ahead. Who yeah, do they play? Uh, Batavia. Okay. Mount yeah. Carmel, Batavia, Saturday. Yep. Yeah. 4 o'clock. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Hey, you too. Thank you, Susan. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Have a great day. Yeah, the uh, teams are Lena Winslow at 1A versus Camp Point Central, 10 a.m. St. Teresa. In 2A against Tri-Valley, Williamsville in 3A against IC Catholic. Williamsville, the team that eliminated Unity, they're 12-1. Both teams are 12-1. Class 4A is at 7 o'clock 
on Friday, Sacred Heart Griffin against Providence Catholic. Saturday's games, 10 a.m., Peoria against Nazareth Academy. Prairie Ridge in 6A against East St. Louis. Chicago Mount Carmel against Batavia at 4 on Saturday. And the 8A game is Lincoln Way East against Loyola Academy. And most all of those teams that I've listed there are either undefeated, like in 1A, both teams are 13-0, or have one or two losses. Providence Catholic is 9-4. They have the most losses of any team. Well, Nazareth Academy also has four losses in the 5A. All right, there you go. All right, uh, let me get one more in here. Rosie, how are you? Hi there. I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm on my way into a dental appointment, so I was hoping I wouldn't be on hold too long, and I wasn't. But I wanted you mentioned mailing a letter in Muhammad and it being postmarked Muhammad. Yeah. Not not true. Okay. They quit doing that quite a few years ago. Okay. Uh, I live in Mansfield, and our Mans- ours is never postmarked Mansfield. It all gets sent into Champagne, and it has a Champagne postmark. Got it. Okay. Well, that's they, helpful. They don't. They don't yeah, in the outlying, outlying post offices, they do not postmark the letters. I and, see. And, you know, and you had mentioned earlier, which is true, you know, you said you could mail it as long as you mailed it or it was postmarked by 7 o'clock or, what, or, you know, with that date. But, and that also being, I mean, like, in the outlying post offices, you can't mail a letter that late. You've got to get it mailed before the mail's picked up and taken into Champagne. Yeah. So, you know, in Champagne, which I know, I know, Tax, you know, tax date too, you know, has to be postmarked by the fifteenth of April. Well, people can go like to the post office there late on that day in Champagne and mail and get it postmarked. But we don't have that luxury in the outlying uh, area. Ah, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So if you're like in Sidoris and you want to throw it in the, you know, or someplace with a post office, and you think you've met the deadline because you've got it in, then you, that's not really true necessarily. Right, you just need to know when it's picked up at yeah. in your at your post office and taken to Champagne. Right, because um, I mean I think ours is like three thirty in Mansfield, and there have been times I've driven not for that reason, but because I wanted to get a birthday card in the mail or whatever, and I will drive over to Muhammad because I have until five o'clock at Muhammad to oh. get it mailed. Okay, but at Mansfield it's three thirty, so mm. you know it all. But but all all the mail is postmarked, but. You don't have a local postmark on it. Right. Okay. And in this area, it'll, it'll be champagne. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for keeping me straight okay. on that. Yeah, I just throw it in the box. I don't really think about it, you know. Right. You just, <laughs> you just hope it gets to wherever you're sending <laughs> that, That's it, right? right. That's right. Good point. <laughs> right. I understand. Thank okay. you. Thank have you, Rosie. Day. Yep, happy, you too. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, okay. you too. Thank Bye. you, Rosie. Very okay. good. 1035. Let me get to CBS real quick. Back in a moment here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, our weekly podcast about all things Illini. This week's special guest, the legend, Lauren Tate. Feels good, doesn't it? It's all right. 
All right. On a penny for your thoughts. Sun is out. Not bad temperatures. Headed for a high of 53 today. 29 tonight. High of 56 tomorrow. And Thanksgiving Day, high of 54. You can get them in today or tomorrow, whichever you're most comfortable doing. If you've got some things you're thankful for, you can share those, certainly. During the course of the show, text them in or email them in. We'll uh, get them on the air here as we get into Thanksgiving this week. No show on Thursday. State Senator Chapin Rose with me tomorrow in the 9 o'clock hour. 59 years ago today, if you're old enough, I was not around then, but if you were around, you probably remember uh, watching all of this, depending on what you were doing, and Walter Cronkite announcing a very sobering announcement. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson <clears throat> has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th President of the United States. Yeah, that was uh, 59 years ago. Uh, today, in a couple of hours from now, basically, he was in that uh, vehicle driving through Dallas. You've ever been to Daly Plaza down there and uh, seen all that? It's a lot smaller than you think, the little area there. But it is pretty sobering, and uh, I don't know if you've done the tour of the Schoolbook uh, Depository and all the different things um, that are there in Dallas, but that's, um, man, 59 years ago today. November 22nd, 1963. Got a text here that said, JFK assassinated 59 years ago today. Still resonates with this then five-year-old boy. Yeah, hard to believe. Stunning at the time and still, uh, if you were around at the time, it still uh, resonates, I know, for sure. All right, let me get a break in. Back with more here, 1043 at DWS, running a little behind. And we'll get the break in. We'll come back, take your phone calls, emails, and texts up till 11 o'clock. Going a penny for your thoughts. Hey, Illini family. It's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green. Don't miss a minute of Illini basketball this season. On News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, DWS. this morning as we continue on a penny for your thoughts. Ryan Dallas Real Estate, if uh, you're looking to sell your home or buy a home, they can help on either end of that. And they've had a busy year. We'll have to get some updated numbers here after the uh, Thanksgiving holiday as to um, how many homes they've moved here, how many families they've helped. I think at last count it was over 620. That's a home sold every 11 hours this year. Ryan Dallas, ranked number one in real estate uh, team here in central Illinois, 15th in the nation for homes sold, consistently number one in client satisfaction, voted number one in the area's People's Choice Awards. It's not by chance. They've done it five years in a row. Choose the team that puts your goals first. Our friends at Ryan Dallas Real Estate, and we appreciate them partnering with us in the uh, tailgate tents during the course of this year, along with our friends from Learfield during the home games
for Illinois. Ryan Dallas Real Estate, happy Thanksgiving to them and happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there listening as we get ready for the holiday on Thursday. 1046, Texter says, would you mail yourself $500 cash? If not, why would you trust mailing a ballot? Well, if I had extra cash and I wanted to try it, I think I'd be okay with it. But um, I don't want to, you know, I don't know. I just <laughs> maybe put a dollar in and see if that goes. But I don't know. I, I think it's um, it's an argument people make. I get it. Uh, who won the election for the judge, Limitado or Beckett? I don't know if there's any official results yet, uh, but I do think last I heard that Chad Beckett was ahead slightly. Was it 1,000 votes or so, I think, is what I is the last I heard. Uh, the U of I reports that thousands of their currently enrolled students take all their classes remotely, not just since COVID. When I was a student on campus in the late 1970s, there were around 32,000 to 34,000 students, and nobody could take classes remotely. The uh, technology, Plato, did not support such concepts. Well, yeah, and I think uh, going back that far, there's a lot of things we didn't have in the uh, late 70s that we have at our disposal today. But um, I think I'm trying to think my daughter, my younger daughter, I think two-thirds of her classes are in person, but she still has a couple that are remote. So there is still some of that going on. And let's see here. Somebody else says, here's a solution to the voting issues and long wait times. Don't allow students and women to vote. Just the men folks should vote like back in the good old days. <laughs> well, you go back to the uh, uh, colonial days, who could vote? I think you had to be a landowner, actually. 75% of the adult males in most colonies qualified as voters but the voting group fell far short of a majority of the people then living in the English colonies. After eliminating everyone under the age of 21, all slaves and women, most Jews and Catholics, plus those men too poor to be freeholders or landholders, the colonial electorate consisted of perhaps only 10% to 20% of the total population. The act of voting in colonial times was quite different from today. In many places, election days were social occasions accompanied by much eating and drinking. When it came time to vote, those qualified would simply gather together and signify their choices by voice or by standing up. As time went on, this form of public voting was gradually abandoned in favor of secret paper ballots. For a while, however, some colonies required published lists showing how much how each voter cast his ballot. This was back in the colonial days. No, I don't think that's the solution. But you are right, it was different back then. For sure. And you had to loan land, too. I guess figuring that if you owned land, you had a stake in what was happening. If you didn't, not as much. Uh, just wanted to respond to Dale and his criticism of Jim Harbaugh. I don't think he really knows Jim. He sounded more like a never-Michigan person to me. <laughs> as opposed to a never-Trump person. Is that what you're saying? A never-Michigan. Uh, do you think Dale voted for Trump? Harry says in Muhammad. Yeah, I don't know. I I I I do concur. I, I've been I've not been around Jim Harbaugh a lot, but I do know, and I've been around enough coaches and managers, and in my thirty-five years of broadcasting, and uh, I can just say Harbaugh is an, is an odd duck. I, I just say that he is 
Sometimes I'm just trying to figure out when he deals with the media, and I don't know how he is in person or privately, and, and I've heard good things about him when he's in private, but I'm just talking in a public, dealing with the media. I'm sitting there looking at him as I listen to him address the media at a Big Ten media day, and I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Just answer the question. You know, you don't have to overcomplicate it. <laughs> and I don't know if he does it just because he feels like he can or what, but he just is interesting. And that's just my experience. Now, maybe in behind at home he's a wonderful father and, and dad and, and um, husband and all of that. I don't know. But I'm just judging, you know, and maybe my judgment is incomplete because I don't know him that well. But I'm just saying what I've seen on the surface, how he acts around the media and how he acts in some simple media situations, not even where it's the media is trying to get him to say something he wants. I'm just talking about, like, easy stuff. He just overcomplicates it. So that, that I don't get sometimes. All right, uh, with Jim Harbaugh. All right, 1051. Sarah. Yes, good hey, morning. Good morning. Um, I know from uh, visiting the Colonial Williamsburg area over the years, many of the representatives – were not considered a career. Right. Yeah, citizen legislatures, I think they called them. That's right. Yeah. They, they would serve their term and then go back to their plantations because it was a hardship for them uh, to come to Williamsburg to stay and mm. leave their land holdings in, um, while they were gone. Sure. So, yeah. it, so it, was, it, it traded around more. Yeah, I don't think what we have now with a Nancy Pelosi or a, you know, even a Charles Grassley from Iowa, you know, who's ran again, and I think he just won at age whatever eighty, you know, he's won. I don't, I don't know how many terms he's won in the Senate, but it's been a lot. Um, I don't think that's what they envisioned necessarily. No. I mean, I no, you know, it, it was fun. They knew they did a time of service, mm-hmm. and then finished that, and then went went back to their land holding. Right. Yeah, well, we live in different times now, but um, yeah. I, th- I think it's good to clean the stable out once in a while. <laughs> I think <laughs> having grown up on a farm, I think it's good to clean it out once in a while. So, Not too often, but occasionally. Occasionally, anyway, yes, yes. just thought I would add to the, to the conversation. Well, I'm glad you Have did. Have a good Thanksgiving. Thank, Thank you, you, Sarah. You too. Very good. 10, fi- 1053, or it gets piled pretty high and deep. You know what I mean? All right, 1053, here's uh, Brent Musburger. headed for the top of the hour. Reminder that a lot of things are closed, of course, on Thanksgiving Day, as you know, including the uh, Champaign Public Library. They are closed. Their book returns are always open. If you need to drop off a book to return it, you can certainly do that, but uh, they'll be off like everybody else will be. Uh, Story times, 10 story times every week at the Champaign Public Library. Teen Lounge coming up uh, today on November 22nd. Friends Shop Bookstore, the tag bag sale, November 23rd. 
And uh, you can get a library card, find books, movies, CDs, book a librarian, request or renew items, print from anywhere. Study rooms available for two hours daily. And, of course, all the books and the great authors that come to the Champaign Public Library. Every time I drive by there, the place is packed. I mean, there's cars everywhere. So it's a great community center of activity, the Champaign Public Library. Go to champaign.org for all the events at the main library and the Douglas Branch and all that happens uh, in our community. Good morning, Brian. I remember when Illinois had a head coach that kept dip in his mouth. I'm trying to think, was that was that Coach Beckman? I think. A lot of the people were upset he was spitting on the field. Then they let Jim Harbaugh come here and spit all over the field. <laughs> they never did anything about that. Okay, I'm trying to remember that. All right, uh, there you go. 10.59 at DWS. We'll have uh, State Senator Chapin Rose in the 9 o'clock hour tomorrow, and then we'll do an open line at 10. No show on Thursday. I will not be here. There'll be something on the air. It'll be a Thanksgiving Day uh, program for you as you celebrate with your friends and family and loved ones. And uh, send in your stuff you're thankful for. We'll do that a little more of that tomorrow if you have a list of things that you're very thankful for as we head for the uh, Thanksgiving holiday and into the Christmas holiday. Appreciate Leonard Steinhorn coming on from CBS, analyzing the uh, potential railway strike, so keep an eye on that. And we got the state uh, tournament, state finals in here, all eight classes. Talk to Mark Schultz about that for a little bit. And just visiting with you. Always enjoy it. Thankful for you each and every day. Thanks for being with us. Adam Austin, our producer. 11 o'clock approaching here at the Tone in 3, 2, 1. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.